0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Kindred Life Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Marie Bailey, a regenerative farmer, author, wife, and mom, and I'm so glad you're here. Join me each week as I share encouraging and faith-filled stories, prompts, challenges, and conversations that will breathe life into your days and moments so you can dig more deeply into a life of connection right where you are. Do you want to live more bravely, purposefully, and connected to the people and tangible experiences that matter most? Then listen in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Kindred Life Podcast. Tonight, I have brought back one of the very popular guests that I've had so far, extraordinary chef, inspiring entrepreneur, my husband, Stephen Bailey. Thanks for coming back on the podcast.
1: Am I technically an aspiring entrepreneur?
0: Inspiring.
1: Oh, (laughs) inspiring. I'm inspiring too. I thought you said aspiring. You're an
0: aspiring entrepreneur. One day, one day you'll get I there. Like,
1: <laughs> I was like, "Am I aspiring?" After, I, got, I am <laughs> aspiring, but I feel like I'm there, kind of. After
0: like 15 years of owning your own businesses, you're still you're still working on it. <laughs> oh my goodness! But I'm well, also inspiring. That was a great. That was a great way to start this episode. <laughs> I'm There's so glad your you're mojo. back. <laughs> so glad you're back. Oh my goodness! Well, we are in the barn studio tonight. It's actually been a beautiful day. Some of the heat has let up here in Tennessee. There was a breeze. We could feel, like this morning when I woke up, I could see that the light was different. And soon fall will be here. And as we've done before, these episodes are no edits. No edits. So what you hear is what is actually happening tonight. And we don't really have a plan. We don't have any plan of what to talk about. So, um, but I know that. Steven always has great stuff to share so we're entering the fall season soon and we're kind of in this place here on the farm where we're turning over the leaf of a new season so um, school's starting back up for us soon I know a lot of kids have already gone back to school you have about a million um, private events private dinners on the calendar and yeah it's it's a big shift is about to happen. And so I thought it'd be really fun. Maybe we could talk about just kind of what that looks like for us, what that looks like for you and kind of what it means to embrace a new season, even when there's going to be a lot of new challenges in that season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there is the new season of once like Labor Day hits, it starts four months of really, really packed schedule. It's a lot of back to back to back events, back to back dinners. Um, but also, it's interesting too, because we're kind of going through a season of like really big growth at Kindred and with my private chef business. And so, we are at that place where, really, if it, <clears throat> in order to go to the next level, it's time to like, we got to make some big changes. Mm hmm. Um, bringing people on full time, uh, building event barn, um, jumping up to where it's like, okay, we're literally going way to the next level. So that creates like a whole new season of This is the way we used to do it. And then there's like a whole new way. So there's a lot of changes happening.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I don't know if this like really is true, but I feel like every seven years, like something crazy happens, like a new shift happens. And this is kind of like our seventh year um, here on the farm. And I do feel like we're on the cusp of growth, like huge growth where I don't know if you feel this as an entrepreneur, but it comes to a point where you're like, we have to do something. To change. You know, you're almost kind of put in this place of, um, if you don't change, then it's not going to be good. And I kind of feel like mm-hmm. we're in that place of like, we have to do something. Um, because there's so many new things happening. And it's like, we're, it's time to level up. And we feel that in every way.
1: Well, I also think it's it's a part of life. Like, you know, our girls are getting to this stage where it's like, we now have a teenager, and they're going to youth group regularly. And, you know, they're all getting older. So we're going into a new season mm-hmm. where they're not toddlers and little kids anymore. They are uh, they are on their own. They hang out just them a lot more. Uh, they're doing more things. Like, it, you're in, we're in this era where it's like, um, after youth group, so-and-so's parent is going to bring you back. And it's like, we're not even involved. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole new season and change. So I think everyone's going through it, whether you're an entrepreneur, a parent. Like, just things change. Um, seasons change. Sometimes it's with business. Sometimes it's with your kids. Sometimes it's with friends. Mm-hmm. You go through, you know, uh, I was just talking with someone where they were talking about, like, do you feel like you go through, like, a season with friends? Like, you have a certain amount of friends or a certain group of friends for a season, and then it changes. Mm-hmm. It goes to, like, a whole new group of friends or a couple friends kind of. Something happens, they go on. Um,
0: yeah, I think that's something that people don't talk about enough. And we have definitely been through that a lot.
1: Um, well, people don't like, I mean, change, people don't like change.
0: Nobody likes, I don't know anyone that really like. Lo- I mean, you seem to like change. I like change. I, I like don't it. love change unless it's totally on my terms. <laughs> yeah,
1: but even though that I enjoy some change, there are things that, it's like I would rather it just kind of stay the way it's been because we've worked really hard to get things stable and now we're shuffling it all up. And part of me is like, ah, really, should we kind of like push forward on certain things? It's kind of nice keeping the status quo, but to be innovative, to grow, to try and do something great, you really do have to take risks. And mm-hmm. so th- there's an element of that, too. Maybe we don't want to change we because we don't like to take the risk And I guess if you think about that, it's the thing that we don't want is the unknown. What's risky is we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's what we're trying to avoid.
0: Yeah. So how would you say that we approach big changes here on Kindred Farm? You know, for a lot of people listening, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with what we do here on the farm, but we have a couple facets to our business. We have the farm store that we do a couple times a month um, all throughout the year Um, we have your private chef business, Mm -hmm. so that includes, you know, the public dinners that we do here on the farm, the long table, kindred dinners, 130 people to 150 people around the table, all the way down to like your full-time work, um, doing meal prep for clients and then private dinners in people's homes and spaces that, you know, you're like completely booked throughout the fall for that, um. And then our classes and other experiences that we do here on the farm. So that's kind of an overview of all the different facets of our business in addition to the podcast and, um, you know, my writing work and things like that. So what do you think it looks like as we're embracing change, particularly in the kindred side of things as an entrepreneur? What are you thinking about as we're as we're kind of embarking on this new change?
1: Well, uh, you know, I don't think it's it's much different than anyone who's coming into a fall with, um, a you know, uh, kids are going back to school, uh, they might be starting a new school, you might be moving to a new area, you might be starting a new job. So you got all these new things. And it's all tacked on to all the kids have activities, then you got family activities, and you got all the work activities. And then, um, you know, f- for us, September and October are by far the two busiest months of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could easily this September and October do as many events, classes, private dinners as we did for the re- like from January to August.
0: Yeah, impact in that two months. Yeah, it, like just it's in insane. Two I am sitting here actually in the studio, and I can see the calendar from where I'm sitting. And I'm just looking at October events that are listed on that whiteboard, and I'm like, oh, my word.
1: Yeah, and that's not even all of them. <laughs> and
0: that's not even all of that's them. That's not
1: even all of them. Um, and, you know, September yeah. is jam-packed, and there's, t- like, it's different, and it always changes. I have tons, I have tons of really small four-person, 10-person, mm-hmm. 8-person. They're really small dinners. Um
0: up to you know, the bigger, like yeah. hundred a couple hundred people. What's interesting, I think, about what we do here is that most farms, summer, spring, and summer or like late spring and all throughout the summer are the yep. growing season. That is the number one busiest season for most farms.
1: Yep, farm uh, farmers markets.
0: Yeah, and fall is when farmers are winding down mm-hmm. and and they're they're starting to pull up crops and yeah a lot of people are still growing throughout the winter kind of in a smaller way or you know reduced way um but it's kind of different what we do here because we are a farm but then our kind of event side of things is complete opposite schedule from farming so we're not we're amping up when fall comes we're not winding down as far as that side of our business
1: yeah, because we're hospitality focused, whereas like the fall is when everyone gets out, mm-hmm. the weather's better, they wanna be outside. Yeah. They wanna go to the pumpkin patches and they wanna take their kids to go see different things. And that's when everyone wants to do the fall outside dinners and watch the leaves change. And so yeah. those are those are prime time for um events slash hospitality type of stuff.
0: Yeah. So how? what are you thinking of? What are, the, what are the focuses that you're thinking of as we're going into this really, really busy time? And maybe what are some things that we could share? Maybe some tips, some tools with people. Obviously, they're not going to have the same kinds of seasonal challenges as we are, and they're not doing the same kind of business as us. But just in their normal daily life, do you have any like tips for how do you tackle yeah, I would say during the busy season.
1: Yeah, I would say that obviously everyone's dealing with something different. You know, the crazy thing that we we deal with is we have so many things going on where they're back to back to back to back. And most of them in September are not on the farm, which means we have to travel to them. And so there is the element of we've got to pack gear. Sometimes it's just filling up the bed of the pickup truck. Sometimes it's um, loading up grills and Mm -hmm. flat tops and all those things into the cargo trailer and hooking up the cargo trailer and taking it with us. Um, And what makes it difficult is every single event that we do, small or big, all require different stuff. So if we're doing outdoor pizza or upscale tacos or farm-to-table for 70 people, sit-down, plated. They all require different equipment. Um, Then every menu is different. Uh, Then all the staff is different. So we have great staff and people that work with us, but they all vary uh, because not everyone's available for every event. And sometimes when you're doing this many, we've got staff working in the commercial kitchen while there's staff hauling off to an event. So that's a little bit of a wild thing too there. Then – We have to keep up with all the inventory, so all the different food. Um, And what's really difficult now is the fact that we have to order so much food. We have to uh, shop for so much food, but we can't shop for one thing anymore. We have to shop for like five different things at the same time. And then some of them, you you know, a lot of them have crossover ingredients. So you just have to make sure when you're getting a case of russet potatoes that it's enough for all that if we need – ricotta for the black garlic ricotta but also for the lemon whipped ricotta you got to make sure you've got enough that carries over um, so it's not just ordering and shopping for the food but it's also keeping up with the inventory uh, what food did we have left over what food do we need to now use for the next event because it's got to get used up or it's going to go bad so there's all that element there's the staff element there's the creating menus element there's communicating with the client you've got text upon text and emails upon emails coming in and the rental company saying we no longer have that plate. And so you you can imagine all of those logistics are happening behind the scene. And we haven't even gotten to the event yet. We haven't even started cooking yet. So (laughs) I always tell people, I always tell people the cooking part is the easy part. Everyone's like, Oh, how do you make this, this wonderful dish or make this pasta or, you know, we're, we've got a couple of pizza dinners coming up where, you know, we do a 72-hour ferment of the dough. And, like, you know, once you have a recipe down, the recipe's down. Those are the easy parts. You just got to execute on them. You now know how to make pasta or pizza. Mm-hmm. The hard part is all this other stuff. It's getting everything ready for the event. Then you get to the event and all the variables that happen at an event to keep the client happy and the event to be a success. So... Uh, All of that craziness to say, the way we try and tackle it from a staff perspective and a strategic perspective is we take all of those components and we just break them down into sections. And so the section might be staff and what all needs to happen with staffing. It is uh, inventory, what needs to happen with inventory. Uh, Menus. what needs to happen with the menus, rentals and supplies. Do we need um, wine glasses? Do we need bamboo disposable plates? And so we just take, and there's 15 categories of what we've got to deal with. And we break them up into 15 categories and then we take each category. And then we go to rentals and supplies and we go, do we have enough cocktail napkins? Do we have, and you just go through all that and then you line it up for every event. And it just – you keep breaking it down until it gets smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. smaller. Mm-hmm. And so –
0: How do you eat an elephant?
1: <laughs> one bite at a time. One bite at a time. Yeah. And so that's what – and I think what's overwhelming is when you think of everything. But then if you go, okay, we've got – we've been planning two weeks ahead. That's another thing. Planning and going, hey, I can't deal with the entire fall. But we can look 14 days ahead. What do we got? Okay, we have six events in the next 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um uh and so actually i'm looking at the calendar plus the farm store six seven eight nine ten eleven plus two days of meal prep to deliver to clients so that's 13 things we're focusing on in the next 14 days so the way we take that is we take it one section at a time one event at a time and we figure out what do we need for each one. And it drills from at a high level all the way down to we have to make sure we have five pounds of fresh mozzarella. You know? And then uh and then it goes even one step down. Christine is going to be prepping, chopping up <laughs> fresh mozzarella for this one family or this one event on this date and put it into a one quart container. It goes all the way from all the craziness all the way down to this person Yeah. will chop one pound of mozzarella and put it in one quart container, label it, put it in the walk-in on shelf two, level B, and it's going to go to this dinner. And so it goes all the way down. Well, okay. Except
0: let's just say I'm not the one chopping the mozzarella. Yes, Christine's. that's not a good example. <laughs> I don't work in the kitchen Christine anymore, you guys. does not work in the kitchen anymore. I can't anymore. hang. I cannot hang in the kitchen. It is way too fast-paced for me. You should see... The speed that they that they go in there. I don't know if you guys have been on our Instagram lately, but we put out a reel of our cinnamon rolls being made because our cinnamon rolls went crazy viral lately on TikTok.
1: That was wild.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. We haven't even talked about that. Um, but one of our staff took the video for the reel and I literally thought that it was sped up. That's how fast they were moving in the kitchen. I was shocked. I could not believe how fast they were moving in there. But anyway... I'm not on the kitchen staff, but I love how you drilled it down to, like, the tiny little detail because... Well,
1: because it's not complicated. We'll use Adriana's name. Adriana is cutting up a pound of mozzarella.
0: Shout out to Adriana. You're awesome.
1: Shout out to Anna. But it's not complicated for her to do that. For her to do that is not complicated. It gets complicated when you think all the way up to, like, how are we going to execute pizza for 100 people at Mm -hmm. this one event? It's, you know, out in the middle of a field... For a dove hunt mm-hmm. in September for 100 people. Well, that seems a little daunting. Yeah, And it really seems daunting because on the day we're doing that dove hunt, we have a high-end dinner that night. So we have two events on the same day. So that is a little crazy. And so your first thought is how in the world are you going to do this? Well, you drill it down to one person on one day at one time chopping up one pound of mozzarella and going into a court and that's how it's done it literally is drilled down to that level and when you do it that way it's manageable it's doable and you can totally do it and i think that is a little bit of what's happening with people and their schedules their dreams their aspirations um you might be an inspiring or aspiring entrepreneur yourself, <laughs> uh, or a mother trying to deal with new teenagers going off into high school.
0: Yeah, or you may have toddlers or babies or whatever, whatever it is. might
1: be. And it's just so overwhelming. And so then you just revert back to old ways, old thinking.
0: Yeah. It's so easy when it when it does look like an elephant in the re- you know, like how are we going to tackle this gigantic thing? And I think that is the exact place where most people just crumble. It's um, just
1: overwhelming and daunting. And so what tends to happen is you procrastinate mm-hmm. or you don't move. Yeah, you, you just get don't stuck do it. and go, all right, I'll just deal with that tomorrow. And that is it. That is the thing that kills people.
0: Or don't accept the new challenge, you know. And yeah. that's something that you're just so amazing at. I mean, being a challenger personality um, – and just that really driven, um, you are just like, have the most true entrepreneurial spirit. And I think that's something about you is like, you're always rising up to a new challenge. And and not that you're taking challenges that are not good, worthy ones, but, you know, you're measuring it up against, is this good for our vision and, and things like yeah. that. But um, I think that is where a lot of people get paralyzed. And then if we don't take those new challenges, we're never going to get to a new place of growth. You know? Right. And so this is a really, this is gonna be a really big challenge this fall. But I think on the other side of that and through the middle of it itself, we're gonna see a lot of growth in our staff, in ourselves, in our business.
1: Well, it's kind of funny too, because I think back to our very first fall dinner. And uh, what? So that was fall 2018?
0: 2017,
1: October. So October 2017 was our first fall dinner. And I remember thinking like how I don't know how we could do any other event remotely around this I, I bet you it was the only event I did in October. Yeah. In twenty seventeen. It probably was. You know? I remember also, um, in those early years where it's like we would do a kindred dinner and it would be like for three days. I couldn't move.
0: Yeah, we were like we like literally couldn't walk. I mean, remember, like, after the dinner the next day, like, we were the only two people cleaning everything up. Like, it was insane.
1: It'd take, like, three days to clean everything up.
0: Now it's, like, I feel like everything folds up into, like, a tiny suitcase at the end of the night. I'm, like, what on earth? This is amazing. It's, like, everything's cleaned up in, like, an hour or two. And the farm's, like, completely reset, pretty much. It's it's, insane. Yeah,
1: it's very. But that's
0: taken a lot of years to get the systems down. So much work that you've put into, like really evaluating how step by step do we tackle this and make it a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And, and that's, that's, I think something else that you've done is not getting paralyzed by, it has to be completely different right away. Like how can we just change a couple things to make it more efficient and then we'll make it more efficient after that. You know, that's another way that I think we get crippled with decisions or challenges and whether it's like, you know just something in our home or job or whatever it is um we feel like we need to take like that huge leap ahead Mm -hmm. and i don't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before that but that's one of my favorite things that you um kind of say when people ask about starting their own business or or whatever is you know not you don't have to jump from point a to point z but let's just go from a to b Mm -hmm. and that's how you get the forward momentum
1: yeah, and so that's it. That's kind of the behind the scenes of everything that's going on and what we're trying to do and realizing also it's accepting it's like we still haven't fixed the leak that's <laughs> on one of our kitchen sinks. It's uh, the fact that we have an old chest freezer that's been needing to go to the dump for three months, and it still it keeps getting pushed to the bottom of the list. Yeah, like,
0: it is it, definitely not a glamorous things, behind the scenes.
1: Those things keep happening, and you just have to accept it. We didn't get it done. We'll do better next time. We've got to make it through this week now.
0: I think those are the things that are really challenging for my personality because I want all of the, you know, to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. I want everything along the way to kind of be tidy Mm -hmm. and then come to this like big arrival and be like, oh, look at it. It's like so perfect. And I think that'll forever and always be the challenge of my personality versus the way that you see things. And I think that it's good that we kind of see things different ways. and. Um, that, that part, that way that you lead us in that way is so great because it keeps us moving forward and, and knowing like, we'll get back to those things. Like, we'll you know, like it's not going to be perfect. The journeys aren't going to be perfect. We'll get back and deal with those things that need to be dealt with, mm-hmm. but we can't let it paralyze us from moving forward a little bit more, you know, yeah. and keep moving towards our goal, keep moving towards our vision and and growing and, and getting better. So yeah, I think that's really good. I love the behind the scenes of the chef life. I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm married to you and I still, a lot of times don't really understand the full picture of what's going on behind the scenes. The you biggest know?
1: misconception is everyone thinks all we're doing is cooking.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think most people realize what goes into a And I tell oven. people
1: all the time, the cooking is the easiest yeah, part.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that is something that I think is probably shocking to a lot of people because yeah. most... People are not ever going to cook for that many people. Yeah. They're certainly not going to make like a seven no, course meal. No, I'm not saying
1: it's easy to cook for 130 people because of the time and doing and all a seven that. course yeah. meal. I'm not saying it's easy. But what I'm saying is out of all the things that we do, um, it's all the logistical parts, mm-hmm. keeping it organized and things not completely falling apart. That is so crucial and so much more important than just the cooking part. Sarah so, because so, because the, there's just a lot of people out there that are good at cooking. I know a lot of chefs, private and working in commercial kitchens at restaurants, they're great chefs. They cook awesome. Mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they can do what we're doing because it's a whole nother skill set, you know, so
0: yeah, and you're I mean, your gift, you have the natural gift of cooking. But how do you learn these other things? Like, what do you do to help yourself embrace these other tasks that aren't necessarily your strong suit, but you have to do to <laughs> yeah. make your business work?
1: You know, it's interesting. So uh, our my college roommate and even before then, like we were friends in high school. Um, my my close buddy, Mark Bowen, um, is in town. He's he's in Nashville from Texas. We went to dinner last night and spent a lot of time. It's, you know, the old saying, you can't make.
0: You can't make old friends.
1: You can't make old friends. Um, ben
0: Rector, I think, said yeah. that.
1: <laughs> and it's a great saying. And that's I rem- I'm reminded when I get with friends that I'm like, I've known this person since yeah. like I was in ninth grade.
0: They just know so many versions of you and still yeah. like just yeah, love to and be around So
1: them. one of the things we talked about, we were talking about our personalities and what you know, what makes us tick and everything. And I'm like, you know, the one thing that drives me is I simply want to be better than I was yesterday. Mm -hmm. All I care about is being better than last week. And so the way I've gotten good at all this stuff is, you know, if you go back to our fall 2017 dinner, I didn't even know how to cook for 100 people at an event. Like that wasn't like, I'd cook plenty of times for... Ten people, mm-hmm. and I'd cooked for a party.
0: Yeah, and we had our farm dinners in Dallas, but it was a group of chefs. A it group was of chefs, and a even team of chefs. And
1: even in the fall of 2017, it was a team of chefs. Mm-hmm. Like one chef took over the dessert, one chef took over an appetizer, one chef was dealing the pasta course. So every chef had a course, and I, I so and I didn't fully know how to put all that together. But one of the things that I've just really made a big part of what we do is let's just get better and I mean goodness you should see even from spring of this year our team is a million times more efficient a million times more on top of things knowing the details we're ahead of everything we've got folders with event summaries and details and staffing and timing and all the stuff that we've never had before. And we've been doing this for a while and we're still getting better. So it's having a simple mentality of, I can't be perfect at this. I'm just going to be better than I was last week. And that's how we've gotten better at everything. And you realize, you know, um, I can't believe we forgot fill in the blank. Put it on a list. We got to make sure that that goes with us every time. And it's like, really? Uh, so much of what's made us good is learning from every failure we've done. And we've made so many mistakes. Yeah. We keep making so many mistakes. Um,
0: If you guys haven't listened to, we kind of call these the no edit episodes. Part one, part two, part three. This is part three. Maybe we need to come up with a new name at some point.
1: Instead of no edit?
0: <laughs> well, like. I don't know part one part two part three maybe I don't know that no, we're gonna have like it. part 50 at some point sure. <laughs> are you gonna be on that on the podcast part long?
1: 50 no edit <laughs>
0: um but definitely go back and listen to part one and part two um Stephen has so many good things to share there and in I can't remember if it's part one or two but he really talks a lot about failure and just how good at it. <laughs> he's pouring more bourbon in his glass right now um no edit. If you can tell, he's not at his mic. Anyways, listen to one of those because, or both of those, because um, there's a lot of good stuff in there and particularly about failure because I think so much of it, so many of us are afraid of it and it's hard. It's hard to embrace failure, but um, you have to do it. We have to do it in life and to know that things aren't going to be perfect and especially in business, we have to do that. And, um, well, it's interesting and, too, it, and it teaches us so much. I well, think. I
1: was just going to say, if you... Listen to anyone's success story mm-hmm. almost always in the beginning. Every time. Always in the beginning, whether it's a musician, a podcaster, um, a YouTuber, yeah. a... They're always like, oh my goodness, my early work. If yeah. you go back and oh yeah, listen to one of my early like I'm podcasts- embarrassed
0: when I like read some of my early writings. I'm yes. like, what on earth? Exactly. No, that's so bad.
1: I look back. <laughs> I honestly, I look back at some of my dishes that I used to make.
0: Oh my goodness! I found remember I sent it to you the other day, you guys. <laughs> I found an early Instagram photo. First, let's talk about like 2011 Instagram. Yeah, it was like the worst photos. Like <laughs> I would so take bad. pictures of like fuzzy pictures of acorns. Like what on earth? but i found this really old cinnamon roll photo i think it's like when you first started making cinnamon rolls yeah and i sent it to you the other day because i was like wow you have come a long way like it did not look very appetizing well now this past a couple weeks ago we had people driving hours oh yeah from other states to come and get cinnamon rolls at the farm store, we had a line all the way. Like
1: we had those girls drive all the way from Memphis. We had and these. Sweet there were girls. no more cinnamon oh rolls, goodness. and they didn't pre-order. Y'all, if
0: you're listening to this, pre-order your cinnamon rolls. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot just show up and think you might get cinnamon rolls. They're selling out fast. Uh. But oh my goodness, it's it's awesome though to look back on those things. Like it's good that we have documentation and we remember when we we didn't do certain things well. You know? Well,
1: and it, I even look back, I remember those cinnamon rolls, <laughs> and I I remember I used to call them ooey-gooey cinnamon rolls. Oh
0: my goodness, yes. It they was like were, a totally different consistency. It was
1: different. It was t- a different consistency, and I've just gotten better and better at going, okay, this is what I like better. This is what I like. But they were very like, they were a whole nother beast. They were very ooey-gooey. Yeah, Because they... I what I was trying – back in the day when I first started working on the cinnamon roll, I was trying to make the entire cinnamon roll like the center of a normal cinnamon roll.
0: Hmm, okay. Don't really – expand on that. Well, like a saying.
1: normal cinnamon roll, like the outside tends to be kind of dry and you get to the center and it's really soft right. and okay. gooey. Okay. So I was like, originally in the early days of the cinnamon roll, I was like, I'm just going to make the whole cinnamon roll.
0: Kind of like that gooey center.
1: Yeah. And what I did was I didn't have a normal icing back then. It was kind of an icing, but it was hot. It was like a boiled. And when the when the cinnamon roll would come out, I would pour it all Almost over. Almost like a glaze. A boiling glaze. And I would pour it all over the cinnamon rolls and it would just soak all the way in.
0: It's almost like monkey bread or something,
1: kind of, or like a what's the there's like a cake where you like drown it in rum like or
0: tres leches or something like
1: a tres leches just yeah, kinda. Okay. but it was very ooey and gooey. Um,
0: How <laughs> many times can we say ooey gooey? In ooey
1: gooey. Episode? But now you know the cinnamon rolls more kind of donut like.
0: Yeah, it's like pillowy. It's yeah. it is kind of a, a more donut like a soft.
1: And I think it's why donut donut people like it. Yeah. If you get it on Saturday morning while it's still warm, it kind of has this soft donut type of. Texture to it. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but all that all that to, all say, that to say that comes yeah.
1: from I'm just gonna make it better. I'm just gonna work on them making better. Keep yeah. making it better. that was
0: like ten years ago. Yeah. Seriously. And never would we have known back then that we'd have people lining up for them, you know? And mm-hmm. when we first started the farm store spring twenty eighteen, we gave away cinnamon rolls for free. That's wild. To like spread the word about the farm store, you know. Free. Yeah.
1: Free cinnamon rolls.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: I remember we used to do free cinnamon rolls, and we would have like, all, like only three people came. We'd have we'd tons have like, left. All right, well, we have thirty cinnamon rolls.
0: <laughs> Our friends were really excited. They're like, "Yay, we get more of cinnamon rolls!" This that's weekend. a wild time. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's so good to look back, and it's good to hear the behind the scenes and you know, no matter what we're doing, we all have those things that are so hard, you know, we can't always do the tasks that come naturally or the things that we love to do 100% of the time. We all have to adapt and learn, you know, um, even for myself, like a completely different personality type than you. And I've been trying to like really plan my fall and get it really tightened up and you know, maybe you're a mom out there listening and you've got kids in different activities or different ages or maybe you're homeschooling. Maybe you're sending your kids to school, but there's a lot to juggle.
1: We're also learning to uh, give up the thing you've been doing for a while. That tends to happen whether you're a mom or mm-hmm. a business owner who used to do all the tasks. Like we're kind of going through a season, the new season where it's um,
0: giving up some of the cri- roles. You yeah. know,
1: you're not doing as much of the. A dinner event side Mm -hmm. uh, and the kindred side we're trying to get our staff to help more with that you're also trying to not do as much
0: some of the smaller tasks of
1: the even the house stuff it's like the girls are getting older and it's like they're now doing all the cleaning and the laundry and all the help with the house you're getting to focus more on the podcast and writing more and it's like we're shifting to where you get better and go, okay, I I know that I have been doing the social media or answering the emails and posting the events and all that stuff, but I need to not do those anymore, you know?
0: Yeah, and, you know, it really is helpful if it feels overwhelming, and it, I know that that probably sounds overwhelming to a lot of people, like how do I tackle this? But what you had me do, which you suggested for me to do, was really helpful is I literally took a piece of paper for each category of my life, you know, podcast um homeschooling housework um kindred work and 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 took up an entire page just like almost like brain dump everything i do related to those things Mm -hmm. and you know these are just like real practical steps that helped and then you know writing how many hours a week i do each item and it was really eye-opening for me to see how many hours i was spending on things that were not moving us forward in any way and that were not helpful And, you know, or
1: someone else could do.
0: Yeah. Like or that you can outsource. And oh, my goodness, I cannot remember who I talked to about this recently. But um, I think it was my friend Christine, my other friend Christine. And she was talking about outsourcing as much as possible in her life. And that that's such a good thing to do, like that we don't I don't know. For me, sometimes it feels like it's not right. It's not like if I can do it, that I should. And I think that that's maybe a roadblock in moving forward. It's okay to kind of outsource some things so that I can do the things that, like, I absolutely have to do. Yeah. And it's really great. I mean, with parenting, like, our girls are, like, really stepping up and it's hard for them, too. Like, they have hard days where they're like, oh, I really don't want to do this task. but it's contributing to our family. It's helping all of us to like be more peaceful and for our home to be more smooth. And it's equipping them for like their actual life. You know, they're learning amazing life skills through that. Yeah. And that's what we really want them to come out of. You know, that's one of the main things we want them to have as they get older. And as they eventually go off on their own is like they've been equipped and empowered to do whatever they want to do in life. So I don't know, in a way, it's like, it's helping other people too. Like when we mm-hmm. hold everything close and we're like, "No, I have to do it. I have to do these things." It's almost like a prideful thing.
1: Yeah, it's a control thing. It
0: is. It's a control. It's like, oh no, I can. O- I'm the only one that can do this. No, actually, you can teach someone else to do it, and it's yeah. giving. It's maybe giving a gift to someone else that like really could thrive at that thing. Yeah, and maybe we're not doing the best job at it because we're trying to hold it so tight, tightly. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I just processed that. That was that was good.
1: That was good. Good processing. I was
0: talking to myself there. Hopefully that helps someone else.
1: <laughs> someone is listening right now going, yes,
0: yes, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Me. That's me. That's me. Um, but yeah, that's really good. Well, I'm excited. I mean, another thing I'll share is that, well, we haven't really announced the whole event barn thing. Well, this might be a fun little time to say what yeah, we're kind of planning there.
1: Yeah, we're about ninety five percent ready to like
0: pull the actual trigger. Like triggers, start pouring concrete.
1: Cut the ribbon. We're getting all the ducks. Well the ribbon
0: cutting cuttings when it's like actually built. Oh that's true.
1: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, we're a little
0: we a few steps away from that.
1: Yes. Uh put the green light to where it's like everything's yeah. in motion and uh there's just a lot of steps to that. But it's the idea for us to be able to Instead of having one big event in the fall, we have 10 smaller events. Mm -hmm.
0: And getting to do, you know, a lot of the difficult challenges that we have here on the farm are weather related or season related. You know, we can't we can't do outdoor events in the Mm -hmm. summer, really. Or
1: bathroom related. Yeah, or
0: bathroom related. Like, you know, it's it's really hard when you're hosting that many people to have the right facilities and and. You know, gosh, weather is like our nemesis, like we're constantly obsessed with it because it immediately changes an event if it's going to be raining. And then we have to, you know, what we do now is we transform our greenhouse into this awesome, beautiful space. And it always is amazing, but the amount of work it takes and the amount of stress that's involved. So anyway, this, I think this barn is just going to be so amazing and it's, it's really going to help us grow in so many ways. Mm -hmm. We're going to be able to do so much more. Um, we have really awesome plans and visions for it that we'll share kind of as we move forward, but that's one of the biggest projects we're that we're starting here on the farm and, um,
1: it'll be big because it will completely transform it. And our goal is in a wonderful, beautiful way, how people can experience kindred yeah. and, and how we, we interact can create, with the community.
0: Yeah. And we can create more hands-on experiences. I think this past spring we've added, you know, the barbecue experience and the kimchi experience and these, um, really cool like hands-on pizza artist pizza classes and i feel like we have an endless list of things that we would love to offer people but there's so many roadblocks with the facilities and and um the weather and things like that that we have now so this will really check a lot of boxes and i think it'll add just such a cool unique element to kindred and mm-hmm. a new space um where we can gather people and so really excited about that but um you know one of the big things it was really hard for me at first to embrace like i don't love change you Mm -hmm. know so it was really hard for me to embrace that at first and i know that's hard for you because you love kind of like let's move forward fast like let's make the decision and move on it right and i think what helped me that finally helped me to like just really be all in was identifying the why behind it and no matter what challenge we're facing or big decision we're facing, I think that is one of the absolute most important things to identify is what is your why? Because that is the thing that will motivate you and that you can keep coming back to if there are doubts or if there are roadblocks. Um And I don't know. What do you think about that? Because for me, that was a really big piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And once I was finally like, okay, that is a really clear why we're doing this. Now I feel free. Like it kind of freed me up to just be like, yes, let's go for it. Well,
1: I think that knowing your why helps you, whether it's you're having a hard time dealing with the change or you're trying to make plans of what you're going to do exactly and you're having a hard time making a decision. If you know what your why is, that will be a filter you can use Mm -hmm. to helping you kind of guide and steer through things. So I think it's always a great thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about the future. Um, So what is, can you share one other thing that you think maybe the average person would not know about your behind the scenes as a chef. Is there something surprising?
1: Surprising. That like
0: would maybe that would be surprising to someone that they might not know about the behind the scenes of what you do.
1: Um I think people would be very surprised at um just how much log- logistical work there is. Um I, I just think in general people think about what it ta- like they're getting ready to cook a meal for people coming over for a party. And yeah, they know that they've got to like go shopping and stuff and then they just kind of start cooking. But once you start scaling up, the amount of logistics, the amount of pieces of paper you've got to print out and put up on the board and there's just so much logistics, like so many details and logistics of like moving parts, um, that I, th- I think that would be shocking to people. It would be very shocking if people came behind the scenes, and saw how much of our time we are talking about things like rentals and half pan aluminum mm-hmm. half pans, and do we have enough court delis. And it, that type of stuff, it's yeah. like you—you you don't even see that at the event. You'd be like, "Okay, is that a big deal?" I Which don't... is
0: great because you shouldn't see that. You no, shouldn't see that side. You but you know, that is—that is the thing about it—is you show up to these kind of magical experiences, and there's just so much that goes into those, and so much hard work and so much heart. Like that's one of the my absolute favorite things about Kindred and about the people that we have working here is. Everything is done with a heart, a good heart for gathering and a heart for community. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really cool. It's like even down to like how you guys are working in the kitchen and how you're loading up the truck. Like you guys should see what they're doing when they're loading up for these events. Like it's insane. It's like packing up an entire outdoor kitchen into a trailer every single time and then assembling it on site at someone else's location.
1: I think what's probably actually that would be shocking to people. What's probably the craziest thing that we do is nothing is the same. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most shocking thing. It's
0: completely custom. This isn't necessarily catering. What you're doing is not offering a catering menu or yeah, it's a not catered like we experience. Have,
1: we don't have So a lot of people what a lot of uh catering companies will do is they'll say, "Here's our menu." Right. "Pick something off this menu." Yeah. "And we'll come do it." And then they just execute on that.
0: Which is great. Catering's awesome. It's just not exactly what we are passionate about. No, I mean doing. we
1: come and we literally build a kitchen. And mm-hmm. so uh and the menu is so different every single time like uh just tonight before we got on the podcast i was ordering king salmon ahi tuna caviar and that was all going to one dinner and that same day we've got double pepperoni with pickled jalapenos (laughs) and jalapeno ranch and uh, pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. You know, and then uh, three days later, it's pork be- crispy pork belly tacos, and we hand make the flour tortillas. So you can imagine just in yeah. one week. And then let's see, yeah, and then uh, yeah, that's a
0: really wide range of cuisines and tight like styles it's a, of food.
1: It's a crazy uh, array of like you're going from sushi to pizza to taco to, um, and then like the following Monday we're doing like bruschetta crostinis and whipped goat cheese and like all you know it's like it it literally is also different so i think that would shock people because it is not like you know what we do outdoor pizza Mm -hmm. we have nine pizzas that we do nope it is all different everything and that doesn't even count like the craziest thing that i don't even to be honest we're still trying to figure out the logistics of how we're going to pull it off is we have a <laughs> sunday dinner that's spoken
0: like stephen bailey right yeah. there
1: that is like very <laughs> you classy. have
0: no idea how you're going to pull it off yet I, no. that like makes me like want to have anxiety right now <laughs>
1: if mark Bolin was listening to this podcast back to he our would friend say, mark our old friend to, mark. shout out to mark Bolin. uh he would be like yep that's stephen bailey uh we have a dinner Sunday night, we have a huge 100-person outdoor pizza event in a field, a sunflower <laughs> field where they're dove hunting at 1230 on Monday, the next day, and then a plated high-end sushi red stag dinner Monday night. Okay. On top of all that, we are cooking for six families for a meal prep, and we have to deliver it Tuesday morning. This is their week, our families that we cook for, for weekly meals. So I don't even, we have an idea of what we're going to do and we have the staff, but like we've got, it's right now we're in that overwhelming stage, but what we've got to do is we have to take the fact that we have to shop for these things, make sure we have the right supplies. We have to make sure they're packed for, then we have to have a strategy for when we come back for an event that it's, everything's got to get cleaned up and repacked and reloaded to ready to go to the next event. And then, with so many things going on Monday, we are going to have some people prepping in the kitchen, some people at an event, and some people getting ready to load up for the third event. I don't even know. The second event of that day, third event in two days. And there's so many moving parts there. And it's very overwhelming. And you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking right now. I don't even know how we're going to do it. But, but you're going to. But we're going to. So and what, you're going
0: to do it really well.
1: Yeah. And so what we're going to do is we'll break it down step by step, hour by hour, what makes the most sense for us to do. We'll come up with a solution and we'll execute on it. It won't be perfect, but it'll be good.
0: But that like calmness that you bring to it yeah. and that like can-do attitude. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's like, I don't know, 90% just like logistics and details and 10% just like sheer craziness like sheer boldness to be like yeah we're gonna do that
1: and here's what you want to know what's even more bonkers in the whole thing you want to go more behind the scenes all of that is great and then there's two huge elements that factor into everything one you got to keep the entire team motivated Mm -hmm. to move forward because everyone else thinks it's crazy and they're tired (laughs) and we've been cooking for 12 hours on our feet yeah And then two, you have to deal with a client Mm -hmm. and all of the guests. And that variable, like we cannot, doesn't matter how much we plan for it, we don't know what they're going to do. You know, last year at one of these dove hunts, we were like making pizza. Someone shot a dove. It came flying (laughs) past and almost hit one of our servers in the head. I mean, it's like, what do you do about that? You can't plan for that. (laughs) Oh,
0: my word. Oh, that Mm. might be a good thing to... On that note. On that note.
1: <laughs> part three, no edit. I
0: have one more. I have one more quick question. Okay. What do you do with all this craziness? How do you... Because no human being can go that hard all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't wait for six months from now to rest and, and to chill until it kind of, you know, decompress. So what do you do in the midst of all this? Can you give us like one or two things that helps you kind of just keep going and have enough energy to keep going. What do you do?
1: Um I surround myself with wonderful people that like I can have a bourbon, some wine, some good food, go out to eat and laugh. That's like a good break. So that's important. Um so it's like this weekend we know it's about to get crazy. We have some friends over. It's fun. We laugh. It's like okay. Um you know, we just we're coming off of a slow time. So it's like I have bottled up. It's like I've put all that in my little energy savings account. <laughs> and it's like all our little trips and our breaks and our times of quiet and calm. I, you know, some people I think look at it and go, I wish I could just stay here. And for me, I go, that's what I need in order to push hard. Um. And then honestly, and I'm probably abnormal But like for me, I just just mentally know I can make it to Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So I just know I'm pushing hard until November and I have done all my resting and I've bottled it all up and I feel refreshed and good and I will like rest hard in November. So there's just a little bit of that. And that's kind of the weird nature. It's not only the nature of our business where September and October are really busy, but it's also kind of my personality, too. Yeah, some people I, are kind
0: of more moderators and
1: I am a yeah. hundred and ten miles an hour. Yeah. Or four miles an hour.
0: Was it consumers and moderators? I can't remember the other I don't know. But yeah, you you'd rather have it like all, all at or nothing. Yeah, all or nothing, rather than like little bits here and yep. there. Um I mean that's really good. It kind of brings it all the way back to seasons, like we talked about at the beginning, that I mean, there is a reason that nature is built that way, why creation, mm-hmm. why God made things that way. Yep. And um, there's a time to put your hands to the so plow the, and a time to rest. Yeah, you know? so for the
1: person listening, figure out, are you the type of person that can go hard, pedal to the metal until, uh, you know, it's like I'm more of the person that I'm going to put the pedal all the way down. Yep. And as I see it says there's only two more miles before you run out of gas. Mm-hmm. At that point, I make a phone call. To one of my buddies and I say, I need you to fill up five gallons of gas. It's going to get me to the next gas station. Or some people are the type of people that need, you know. stops along the way. Every 50 miles they need to pull over. Which would
0: definitely be me.
1: Yeah. And so everyone's got to find their thing.
0: And it's kind of crazy that we're both different in that, but we're living in the same house. I think that understanding of knowing that we're wired differently and need different you know we're on the same journey we're on we're walking side by side on this journey but along the way we kind of need different things to keep us going
1: and that's totally okay yeah i think the biggest thing is everyone has to find their way to get there the biggest obstacle is going to be not giving into the fear that you can't do it or you know what you'll do it next year or your dream is not worthy enough to do, or you don't deserve to go to the next level, or you don't deserve to get out of wherever the situation you're in. Someone, there's a lot of people out there that are either, they either feel stuck, or they feel, you know what, I've just kind of been doing the same old thing. And I either need to have more excitement in my life, I need to make more money so that I can get out of this debt, Or I need to go on vacation more or fill in the blank, whatever it is for you. And what's keeping you from doing it is you're afraid you're not going to know how to do it. It's too overwhelming. And as cliche as it sounds, as as we go back to you just you just take one bite at a time out of that elephant Mm -hmm. and break it down to the simplest thing. And when you break it down to the simplest thing that you've got to do today, it's very manageable. Yeah, so
0: that's good. So many good tidbits as always
1: part three in the books
0: thank you so much for being here again i hope that you don't get hit in the head with any dubs this fall
1: <laughs> <laughs> i will try and stay safe
0: <laughs> thank you guys for listening again um we'll see you next time thank you so much for listening to this episode of the kindred life podcast i want you to know that your kindred life is worth it and i'm cheering you on If you loved this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star review so other people can find this podcast. You can always find me online at christinemariebailey.com or you can also join my email community, The Kindred Letter, so you don't miss a thing. You'll also get several freebies for signing up for my email list, including the first chapter of my audiobook and some fun free guides. You can also follow along on Instagram at OrganicZene and at The Kindred Farm. See you next time.